game. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Wanna suplex cats, give them belly to bats. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Boom, soft, sharpshooter, and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. Okay, Don, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? What's the difference between me and the ending of AEW Revolution? Um, I don't know. What is the difference between you? Me? will know when I finish. <laughs> Ouch. My, my explosions aren't duds. <laughs> oh, <I can> man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling podcast. I am Matt. I'm Don. And yeah, the memes the memes this week have been amazing between the uh, Duds and uh, Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, um, when you sent me that, I was at work when you sent me a picture of the, the fucking golden ring or whatever, but like it yeah. didn't really translate well from like a picture from a screen. But once I saw it, I was like, oh my God, it, that is a fucking big ass. Like, yeah, they were going to get transferred to the fucking Green Hill Zone. They were in that freaking like you know when you're playing Sonic and like you do that like bonus stage for the fucking the Chaos Emerald like I literally thought that's where where freaking Scorpio guy was gonna go. I was like, okay, let's see how he he fares well when bouncing around from those balls. What the fuck? Oh my god, I, it I, was uh. I would pop though if they like had like a like a Chaos Emerald like tournament. That would be dope. That would be really really dope. Um. Yeah. Today, this this has been a pretty busy week so far in terms of wrestling news. Um, Revolution happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on Revolution? We won't kind of break down matches and things like that. Just kind of general thoughts. Um. You know, it's it's a young company. And obviously not every, like, I don't know. The, all, all of the past pay-per-views have, have hit, have been really, really great. But this one was one of the ones that didn't really fire on all cylinders, as it were. Um, and you can't really blame the pandemic. You can't really blame, you know, there being far less fans. It's just, it, you know, this this didn't pace right. I think this paced more better. This would have been better as, like, a two-part Dynamite than it would have been a, a whole-ass pay-per-view. The, I mean, I think the even with the dud, even with the with the dud fucking explosion, I think this would have been a better, like you know, two part dynamite. The so here's the problem with uh, AEW in general is they do like they do have so much good shows on dynamite, and you know they hype the shit like when it comes to dynamite. Like, are you drinking an orange Jones soda? Yeah, I just got some. So fucking good. Right, I just got fucking seven at my local grocery store. Fucking, I went to go get for I went to go look for cheese, and ended up coming back with seven of these motherfuckers. I got three cream, three orange cream, and a fucking root beer because I didn't try the root beer. But anyways, yeah. the orange cream fantastic. Pie pizzeria makes a great orange cream float too with jump soda. So I need to get some fucking vanilla ice cream. Anyways, uh, anyways, uh, I digress. Um, I'm, I lost my train of thought. I lost uh, my train of thought. You were saying how they're really good at overhyping their shows and their product, basically. Yeah, they're really, they're really, really good at over, like, at overhyping and really delivering on a lot of those weekly dynamite shows. Mm-hmm. The problem is, like, with Revolution, it just didn't translate the same way as those, as those, uh, you know, AEW special shows. Yeah, they don't translate well, and I've seen a lot of comparisons of uh, of Tony Khan being the AEW version of Dixie Carter in you know late 2000s TNA, where everything is game changing, everything is a revolution, stuff like that. And, you know, it's not really. It's exciting, but it's not necessarily game changing. It's not game changing on like the level of you know changing the company name or somebody like a Hogan turning heel after so many years, like. You know, it's like for, how do we put this, for the debut of two people, they were extremely overhyped. Do you want to go into them now or you want me to wait a little? Maybe I'll say now. So uh, in the ladder match for the face of the TNT uh, championship, 
the freaking when they grab the brass ring because of course they're taking um uh, you know another shot or a little subtle jab at WWE but we had the ladder match where we had the five participants and the secret six participant which Tony Khan had just signed and he hyped it as being a really great signing and all this stuff and out comes Ethan Page uh, who was with Impact for a f- for quite a few years, a two-time tag team champion over there as well. And mm-hmm. he's a he's a good name if you watch Impact. Even if you watch some of the indies, Ethan Page was really, really, uh, was really, really good. He's really impressive. But it wasn't a name that I was expecting, nor would a lot of other regular fans expect. It's like there's a bunch of eyes right now on Impact because of AEW. And that's only been for the past, what, maybe three months, almost four months. So yeah. it's not a lot of time to get familiar with Ethan Page if you're an AEW fan or a, even a casual wrestling fan. So just like the fact that it was Ethan Page didn't really mean too much. It was neat for me. I kind of popped a little because I'm like, oh, I know that motherfucker. But it, it wasn't huge. Uh, how did you feel about Ethan Page uh, going I was, I mean, his, I was, you know, <clears throat> How do I say this without sounding, without sounding like a dick? Mm. Like, I I was happy, but I was expecting something more. Yeah. Exactly. I was expecting like you and I uh, expected maybe somebody on the caliber of like an RVD. Yeah. Or uh, um, I don't know, maybe somebody a little less well known. Maybe maybe somebody from New Japan. Uh, that made the jump or you know just just a little bit of a bigger name and but uh tony khan really likes to emphasize uh the future i've noticed um because you know we've had him we've had ethan page uh ricky starks from the nwa was uh somebody that wasn't really well known but was kind of promoted as this really big thing when he made the uh when he appeared for the open challenge for cody's tnt title uh, you know, just a bunch of like names like that. Like Tony is really proud to promote, and I think um, it's it's interesting because he seems to be gunning for the reaction of the smart fans. Yeah, somebody who's a really big wrestling fan, as opposed to just the casual viewer, which is which is good and refreshing because you know we don't want it to be another WCW. Um, you know. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's a little underwhelming when you're making uh, a bold statement such as this is a really huge signing, which moves on, which make, uh, which makes us move on to the next signing. Um, you know, Paul, they said that Paul White was going to announce that, you know, who the new signing of AEW was and he, he has a Hall of Fame career. And you and I suspected it was going to be Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh, which we were horribly wrong with, and I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. I was um, so disappointed. I, I was so disappointed, but at the same time, I was like, I can get behind this. I was disappointed that it wasn't Angle because to us it made the most sense, especially since we had that big ass revelation on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, what the? We're like, wait, he's doing a podcast with Thompson. It has to be Angle. Like, unfortunately, not. Um, no, it, it was Christian Cage. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. Like, it took me exactly two seconds to recognize who it was based off of the countdown and based off the music, uh, because the countdown is something that he's done in TNA. That's how he was introduced in TNA, and the music that he has right now is kind of a rework of his TNA music, which is really really nice. I like that they kept that. I like that they were allowed to keep that, if yeah. that's what they go with. Um, but it's just it, it was a shock because. You know, that's another person that people thought would probably be a lifer with WWE or stay with WWE as he retires. Um, but I, I was okay with it. I, I popped. I was, yeah. I popped too. I was okay with it. Uh, I mean, it wasn't what everyone was expecting, but mm-hmm. I li- I loved it nonetheless. Um, it's great for TNA. He's a great asset for TNA. And also, like, that sucks for WWE because they left so much money on the table with him. I don't think so. Um, I mean, they, they did, yes, but it's money that they would have never expected in the first place. And I saw this opinion a lot online, on Twitter, and in just comment sections and wrestling blogs that, like, uh, they like to pigeonhole people into stereotypes or into mm-hmm. things that they that only fit with their brand. 
And so they never really recognized Christian as the champion that he he is and could be. Uh, he's only been world heavyweight champion once, and that was not too long after, or twice. I think maybe twice. Was it once or twice? I think but twice. that was it was I think it was twice. But he the only reason why he won uh, his first world championship was after Edge's retirement. You know, it was kind of like you know Rey Mysterio winning the world heavyweight championship. You know, almost a year after Eddie passes. You know, and that's because they want to get that baby face, um, that baby baby face reaction for for him. Because like, oh, you're the friend of the popular person, so of course they're gonna chill for you. Um, and that's all he was gonna be. He's been ECW World Champion. That doesn't really mean anything, especially if it's the WWE one, that ugly ass silver belt. He was World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, he was really entertaining as a tag team and Intercontinental Champion, and even the European Champion. Um, but a lot of the stuff I think that he did in TNA. Uh, meant a lot more than his WWE career at certain points. 100% more. um, But what they really kind of left on the table is the... So we know Edge is going to be feuding with with, uh, Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. And they left the whole opportunity to do maybe Edge and Christian versus Roman and Jay. Yeah, but again, like that's not something that he really wants to do, though. Like I'm sure, you know, you know, there are people that are that are completely happy with just being a tag team wrestler, like you know, like Devon. Yeah. Uh, and there's some people that understand that, you know, they know they have a, an appeal to be a single star, and you know, when you're in WWE, you're either one thing or you're nothing, unfortunately. You know, and I think he doesn't want to stay in that role because what happens to him after, you know, he he you know they feel, fulfill that angle like what happens to christian afterwards you know he's just there and he's just stuck there until his contract runs out and he has and he doesn't you know just like edge he doesn't have that long to be active you know that's fair um so it, and it, again that's why for us it made sense that it would have been angle uh, and it, it, that could be the possibility still if that's the root angle wants to go because you know nobody stays retired in wrestling yeah. um you know, for too long. So he still has a possibility. But real quick, I, I also want to talk about just the expectations that fans hold on on products. And I'm going to deviate a little bit from wrestling in order to make my point. So you watched, you finished watching WandaVision, right? Correct. What, what were some of the things that you thought were going to happen? Um, and, and if you don't know what WandaVision is, if for some reason you're not a Marvel fan either, uh, WandaVision was the show on Disney Plus about uh, Wanda Maximoff, uh, who is the Scarlet Witch and the Vision. And it's basically, it, it picks up from the end of, uh, of Endgame. And after the snap, after what they call, was it the blip, where everybody what? starts returning, uh, Wanda Maximoff is basically dealing with the grief of having lost her most recent uh, the most recent person that was the closest to her and the person that she fell in love with. And it's basically how she deals with grief. And throughout this whole show, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's the story. The way the story is told is very interesting. It's very new. I never would have thought of this. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would have thought of this um, as a vehicle for storytelling where it's kind of, it's really super meta. Um, but like a lot of people had a lot of theories about it. And so what was some of the theories that you had about it? Um, honestly like the only thing i was expecting was mephisto but Mm -hmm. that didn't that didn't happen um but i understand the story that they're trying to tell yeah so mephisto is basically the the marvel version of the devil they just couldn't call him the devils and they named them mephisto back in like the 60s and stuff like that when they had the comics code um and so throughout this whole show there was a bunch of people that thought it was going to be mephisto they thought this was going to be the launching point for the fantastic four when Monica references a fucking, you know, an engineer or something like that, they thought they were going to bring yeah. in, like, Reed or Sue Richards. And so, like, all these people thought that all this stuff was going to happen, but then the show ends, none of that stuff happens. But it had been built up throughout this whole time. The same thing with wrestling. When they announce, hey, Tony Khan's going to bring somebody in, uh, Paul White's going to bring somebody in, and it's going to be this huge name, and then all these people start speculating, you know, and then they're let down by their own expectations. You know, like, you know, Tony Khan, Tony Khan does what he has to do as a promoter. And he says, we're going to do something big. We're going to do something that's going to be exciting and big. 
uh, we can't wait for you guys to see. But then all these fans, they start being like, oh, it has to be this person. It has to be this person. It has to be this person. They let themselves down. And I think that's really unfortunate for the product sometimes. I think it's really unfortunate for us as fans, especially even smart fans, because like you and I, like we like Christian Cage, but we were still disappointed somehow that it wasn't something that we wanted, <laughs> you know, but it, this is still a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good to cri- to think critically about the product, but I think to, to think critically about it to that degree where we're just like, it's not what we wanted. So therefore this is bad. I think that's a problem in wrestling right now. I think that's a problem with the internet wrestling community right now. That's a problem with fandom in general. But yeah. I mean, with, in the IWC, definitely. Like, you know, we, like, we did um, no, we did it to ourselves too because we were like, it's Kurt Angle. It's got to be Kurt Angle. It's got to be Kurt Angle. Uh-huh. And then when Christian's, but like as soon as I realized it was Christian's music, I was like, aww. <laughs> hey, Christian. Exactly. See, like it could have been like it could have been such a much bigger like reaction or maybe like it would have been it would have felt more fulfilling if more people hadn't like like stood by their laurels and been like, no, it has to be Angle. No, it has to be The Rock. No, it has to be this person. Like, I don't know, just like it's the same reason why I don't look at the entrance for the Royal Rumble every year. It's just like I still want to be surprised. Really? Yeah. Like if if you if you see the entrance for the Royal Rumble, then yeah, it just kind of like takes out the the guesswork or the fun of of being like, oh, who's gonna come next? If you already know who's gonna come next or who's gonna be in it that year, then like, what's the fun of it? That's fair. You know, I mean, like it's different if it's a battle royal, but if it's the Royal Rumble, like you, there literally anybody could win. Like I didn't see fucking who the fuck won this past year. Um, uh, fuck, who won? Edge, Edge won. Yeah, 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 Edge. Like, I didn't see Edge winning at all. No. I, I thought Edge was going to be out. I thought Daniel Bryan was going to have another year, one of his, like, finally going to have his last year. But I didn't see Edge winning. Um, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I expected Bianca to win, though. That one, I, I wasn't expecting either. I, 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 it made sense for Bianca to win, but, like, WWE doesn't always make sense. I thought it was going to be Rhea. I thought they were actually going to do right by Rhea this time and rebuild her to be like one of the top women right under Charlotte Flair. Of course not. She's going to be forever coming soon to Raw. Anyway, but that's my thought on that. Um, but anyways, uh, what did you think of the Darby Allen Sting versus Team Taz match? I thought it was really good. Um, you Apparently, know, Darby right, Allen directed that, it. Huh? Apparently, Darby Allen directed that. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, it it didn't feel like any any other any of the other cinematic matches they've done. It had his style. It had like I could tell by the camera angles that it was that he did it. Yeah. Um, but God, I feel that he just has it. He would have been so good on Jackass back in the day. Oh, one thousand percent. That that thing where um, where Hobbs and 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 Cage just like yeeted him into the fucking glass <laughs> right onto the brick wall that killed me that kill me too what about you what 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 were your overall thoughts of it i uh, i love the camera angles especially in the beginning of the of the intros and shit um that was really cool like the way they did the intros and just like a lot of those camera angles just kind of moving into like the cars and it felt very. It felt. It felt like a much better production value than a lot of cinematic wrestling matches that I've seen. Uh, it felt more like a movie. I, I yeah. will say that. Yeah, it felt like I was watching like an episode of like something on like Showtime or something like that. It, it felt yeah. more, a lot more cinematic. It, it it wasn't as fun as the Stadium Stampede, but it wasn't meant to be fun. It was meant yeah. to be more serious. Yeah. The stadium stampede was meant to be humorous. Yeah. Like, but I I like that they I like that they let Darby do his thing, and it was, there was a, a big difference between the two styles. What did you think of the overall? What did you think of the commentary? Uh, I could have gone without the commentary, if I'm being honest. Like, if they would have just let it played out, I think a, that would have. 
it's a little rough because like something like that like it, it depends because like for the stadium stampede i think you know they needed it obviously yeah, commentary the commentary works for stadium stampede because it feels more like a wrestling match where this felt more like a movie what was the last cinematic match that they had? Because I remember the commentary started late. Because I was, I think they weren't sure if they were supposed to commentate or not. I don't remember. I don't remember to be honest. I remember there was a cinematic match where that happened, and On, was it AEW or WWE? I think it was AEW because I, like I said, like I, I remember hearing Excalibur's voice, and it came in late because, like I said, I was, I don't think they were sure if they were supposed to commentate over it or not. Um, and that's, I think they tried to, to do that with right here. Like, I think they felt like the commentary was going to add to it for the home viewer because, like, and it was too quiet, maybe. Uh, or, you know, they thought it would help to just commentate it like an actual wrestling match. But, like, yeah, because of the style, because of the way it was presented, I don't think it really needed too much of the commentary. Um, yeah. Especially during the entrances. I think that kind of killed the vibe just a little bit. But overall, like, it was still really good. It was really well done. Yeah, it was still really well done. I just could have gone without the commentary. What the fuck was the last cinematic match? I know there was a cinematic match before. I'm trying to look it up, and I don't even see anything besides Stadium Stampede in this. It might have been WWE then. Was it maybe like a was was there a Legion match? It was the Hardy. It was on the Hardy compound. It was the Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was that. Okay. Commentary late. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, what? So obviously we'll talk about the the last match. But did any of the other matches stick out to you? Uh, I think the Akira Shida. Of course, match was. Well, I mean, of course, because it's Shida. But Her boy uh, has it was pressure Shida. No, it was, it was def like that was definitely a Japanese strong style match, which I was, I was happy with. <laughs> I was like a lady strong style match. All right. Yeah. Um. Hold on, because I had a couple notes that I I had on that because I was watching it and honestly I couldn't I couldn't stick stick with it too long. I don't know why. Um. Yeah, she kind of does her whole thing with the chair trick. That was. That was neat, although kind of a little tiring. But yeah, it's it's different. It, it's because it's strong style, but it's still Joshi. Yeah. In a way. And that's something that we haven't seen on AEW TV in quite a while because of the pandemic and everything. Um, I think that if they had devoted more time into showing the women's matches on AEW television, like if they had just let this play out longer like let's say to the beginning since the beginning of the year to, to revolution and showed at least one match a week. Like yeah. I think there or at least two matches a week, whichever, because Lord knows that the women need more time on AEW television. I think people would have felt a lot more invested. I think there were plenty invested because of Ishida, but I think like Ryu Mizunami is somebody that could, I could see more on AEW TV. Um, but I, I just wasn't fully invested in it because I didn't really watch all of the, all of the tournament. And I think a lot of people kind of felt the same way. Um, honestly, like, I love Sheeta, and I know you love Sheeta. Mm-hmm. But I just need Big Swole with that belt already. I don't think it's going to be on Swole next. If anything, it's going to be either Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker. Uh, I can see Britt Baker winning it first. You go, you Sometimes you go heel, uh, face, heel, face. Mm-hmm. Gonna go that back and forth. Yeah, uh, what do you think of the tag team match? The six woman that's gonna be coming up. Uh, you mean the six woman that was last night? Oh yeah. What do you think of that? Um, I wasn't invested into it. Exactly. See, perfectly. And I like Sheeta, but I wasn't invested into it. It's just a hodgepodge of styles to get. It's. It feels like one of those things where we're just trying to get people on television. Unfortunately, they have a lot of work to do with their women's division still. It just felt like it was thrown. Everything was thrown onto the wall. And, yeah, and I don't mean they have a lot of work and that the women need to get better. I'm just saying you need the the company needs a lot of work to make me care. That's true. Because I like I I I very rarely watch NXT right now, but I have a more vested interest in Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon than I do. Yeah, most of them. that's Sessa. I know more about. 
I'm more. I know more about NXT's women's division, and I don't watch NXT. By the way, congrats to the two teams that have become the first fucking NXT women's champion in the span of an hour. We had <laughs> Dakota Kai and what was her name, Raquel Gonzalez, as yeah. the first ever NXT uh, tag team champions because they won the Dusty Cup, but then they immediately defended them that night. Um, and lost them to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Yeah. Which is interesting. I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know how to feel about that either because I love Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Like, but uh, at the same time, our long title reign, yikes. Um, I read it on a, I think I read it on the Wrestling Observer. And something about, uh, and this has been known, but it's, I think it's a lot more clear that Vince views the championships as props more than actual accomplishments. Um, and I, I feel this was a way to get ratings uh, ahead of AEW. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we have a major announcement. Oh, we have tag team titles and they're going to be defended in an hour because they're brand new and stuff like that. And then look, fucking, we switched the titles. And I think if you had at least given them a good month run with the title belts, you know, it would have been interesting. It would, have, it would have felt a lot more better. It would have felt better if you had, had if you just waited a month and let Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart win them in front of people if they're going to have people at Stand and Deliver. Yeah. Or you could even just put them on the pre-show of WrestleMania if you want to go that way. Yeah. Um, Real quick. Back to before we switch off of uh, Revolution. Um, how do you think their numbers were for the pay-per-view? Uh, one of the first barbed wire or m- m- fucking mainstream barbed wire exploding matches. I think I, w- I would say they did at least 60,000 views. 60,000 buys. Uh, let's see. So, Revolution, according to Meltzer, Revolution did big on pay-per-view. It was the biggest one they've done to date. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't get specific into the numbers. Because I don't think but, he has the numbers. Yeah, I don't think he has the numbers either, but he said that it's done better than recent UFC pay-per-views. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, they they kind of built like it, it was mostly in the names of Sting, Sting's first AEW uh, wrestling match proper, and with the Moxley um, Omega bar exploding barbed wire match. That I mean, I would I almost paid, thank God I didn't. I mean, I I, I totally paid. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I one hundred percent paid too. Like I would never, I would never, never, never endorse. That's that's. 45 minutes of my life I'll never get back uh, so I paid uh, but uh, but yeah nothing really stuck out uh, nothing else from the undercard stuck out uh, not even I'm gonna be honest not even the page uh, the the bucks versus MJF and Jericho stood out to me yeah you know that it would didn't really usually those opening buck matches do a lot for the for the beginning of the pay-per-view but it just didn't it didn't hit this time for whatever reason that's what she said um, um, Paige versus Matt Hardy was okay. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the most interesting, uh, the most fun was that tag team battle royal that they had, the the casino yeah. tag team battle royal that they had. Uh, it was interesting because you didn't know it felt like it went on forever. There were so many fucking teams. You had um, no idea. Like, that's one of those matches where you had no idea who the fuck was gonna win. And again, it made it fun because you didn't know who was going to be in it in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I think because like it started off kind of slow, I was surprised that all the Dark Order didn't win. <laughs> all fucking eight <laughs> of them were in that match but did not win. Um, but just like the last, it, like it was funny too because they referenced that too on being the elite. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the last ten minutes with Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix, those yeah. were the most exciting ten minutes of that match, and it made it worth it. It made the weight worth it. Why are you trying to give your fingers cunnilingus in front of me right now? That's just wrong. Um, I'm biting my nail. Oh my goodness. Why are you giving your nail cunnilingus? All right. That's not how that works. All right. Shut up. Shut up. 
Um, yeah, it's just that that was super entertaining. I can't wait to see what the Death Triangle does. Um, other than that, no, no. the Miro fucking the Miro Sabian stuff was eh. oh, again yeah. that felt like it belonged on a dynamite more than anything. Yeah, um, that was it, right? I think that was it. Yeah, nothing. It was. It was. It was a myth. It was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish Miro meant more because I know he can mean more, but I don't know. Just not right now, I guess. Um, uh, but yeah, the, show. but yeah, the the ending, the the last show. Yeah. Or I mean, the let's, last let's, match. Yeah. First, let's talk about Raw real quick. Raw was a show. Oh, we're gonna we're literally gonna save the fucking uh the barbed wire match for the very end. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, the barbed wire bat- death match was uh. I, I think we've joked. I think we said all we need to say about it. It was a fantastic fucking match, but the ending was a dud. And again, apparently they did a run through before the show went on, mm. and it, everything went perfect to plan. So it's disappointing to see that we didn't get to see the actual explosion. Mm. Um, and a lot of people came out and said that, it would, like you know, because now they're blaming Kenny. It's yeah. kayfabe. They're they're blaming Kenny Omega for not knowing how to rig a fucking explosive mm. ring. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to call an audible that quick when you don't know what's going on. Uh, cause Kenny and Moxley sold it like fucking, you know, a fucking, uh, hydrogen bomb went off. Can you, uh, you know, fucking Eddie Kingston passed out. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, I, I agree with some people saying that it would have been better if Kenny and the good brothers came out laughing at Moxley and Kingston, just kind of, you know, kind of playing mind games, just fucking heels. Um, yeah. but they played off pretty good on Dynamite uh, Eddie Kingston said that he passed out because of his PTSD with almost getting life on death row or something like that yeah um, I think that was a good save a little too late maybe but I don't know I think people were waiting for Dynamite anyways it was a good save I think it was a good save it, con- it was enough to convince me uh, yeah. it was enough to convince me and like the the promo that they did was fantastic and then the follow up from Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and uh, and why am Doc Callis and Carl Anderson? Wow, I fucked up that whole train of thought. Mm. But uh, the follow-up they did with uh, a running down clock, like making fun of you know the fact that that you know oh like it was like Kenny was like oh Don sixty-nine me. Oh my goodness! Oh um, yeah, it, it, they they kind of say that. I mean, obviously, that I think that's going to be botch of the year. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, it is. It is one million percent the botch we're, of the year. But we're WWE the has of, time to catch up. We are almost at the end of Q1, but we already have our botch of the year. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what Botch of Mania does. Oh God, they're gonna. <laughs> there's gonna be twenty minutes of fucking. <laughs> Did you see the the explosion with the music from Titanic in the background? Yes. That's my favorite one so far. <laughs> oh god, it's it's gonna be fun. But yeah, things happen, shit happens, nothing ever goes according to plan, unfortunately. Not not everything at least. But yeah, let's move on. We've we've made our jokes at AEW. What else are we talking about? Um Rob was a show, and it was weird. Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't. I mean, like the first twenty minutes were good, but that's about it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm not sure if Shade McMahon's supposed to be a heel or a face, or just, or, or just weird. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. I, I, I literally had to like fast forward through the whole Braun Strowman Shane McMahon skit because I was just like like what the fuck is this? And you were the one of the few lucky people that could. Yeah. Most people have to watch it live. Most people have to live it live. Oh, yeah. yeah most people have to be Shane McMahon. Uh, Can you imagine being Shane McMahon? I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, rematch for the WWE Championship, and again, that's why Vince views it as a prop because he wanted to use the championship as a way of get re- of getting ratings this past Monday. Uh, and of course, same thing happened. Fucking, they're building up Lashley. Lashley demolished the Miz again and yeah. retained. 
it'd be pretty interesting to see if the if the title changed twice in like you know in a matter of two weeks, but whatever. Um, I don't know what else. What else was there? There wasn't really much of anything else. That's really it. Everything else was just fucking weird. Um, what do you think about um, the possibility of NXT moving to Tuesdays? Uh, I'm okay with it. And so, and and you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people are probably thinking that, like, oh, this is WWE waving the white flag to AEW and stuff like that. This is them not giving up. It, it's not. Um, it's a good thing, and it means a good thing and a bad thing. And a good thing means that a lot of people are going to be able to watch NXT at a different day, um, you know, and they don't have to switch back and forth between AEW and NXT, which gives both of them, you know, mm-hmm. enough room to get the viewers that they need. Um, the bad thing is, is that it means that NXT doesn't make enough money for USA uh, because USA is moving them to make way for hockey or some shit, right? Just for other sports. Yeah, so hockey is probably going to take over Wednesday nights. Um, but I think more of a reason why that they want to do it on Tuesday is not necessarily to siphon those viewers that they were trying to do, like how they're trying to do on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. But more so, they're trying to gain more viewership because now that the network is on Peacock, they're trying to get those subscribers to Peacock mm-hmm. to watch you know, all the wrestling content that they have on there. I am not looking forward to this merger. I am not looking forward to everything moving to Peacock. I'm not going to pay for Peacock. I'm just staying straight up. And I've already heard that there's a lot of problems with them migrating all the content to Peacock because they kind of like, it took a while for the WWE to get network to get to where it's at, where it's usable. And now the fact that they basically have to start at square one is ridiculous. Like they don't have don't the timestamps. You can't search through superstars or through matches. Like if it's, it's like all the pay-per-views are, are uploaded as one big fucking block. I can't say anything because they're my corporate overlord. So I love Peacock. Of course, you love cock. Peacock um, is amazing. I pay ten dollars for having a cock to be in my mouth. <laughs> uh, no, four nine. It's four ninety nine a month. Oh my god! It's four ninety nine a month, and I use my Walgreens card for that. Um, and you get all this great content. A bunch of minerals <laughs> and it's sterile um, um so have we heard and okay so we've heard of our first inductee for the wwe hall of fame for 2021 correct and it, it, it's a pretty mighty one it, it, uh, one yeah one might say it's a holly jolly good time Molly Holly is the first woman to be, uh, um, I guess, nominated and are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Correct. Uh, the first woman in history, but the first woman announced this year. Hopefully, they'll have another one. We'll see. Um, yeah, Molly Holly is without a doubt a tremendous wrestler. A she was trained by Fit Finley, so mm-hmm. you know how tough she fucking is. Uh, she was a big part of the um, the ruthless aggression era. She most notably got her head shaved uh, at WrestleMania 20 by Victoria. Yep. Uh, she was Mighty Molly with the hurricane. Uh, I think it's great for her. And, you know, are they, are they going to have a ceremony this year? I mean... They, I have no idea. They didn't even... Like, technically... They still owe the, the NWO their ceremony. Yeah, I'm like, we still owe 2020 their ceremony. Yeah. Like, Juice and Thunderlager deserves a proper induction. Fuck, he, yes, he does. Like unfortunately, I don't see him coming to America anytime soon. But he still needs yeah. his he still needs his induction, and I don't want him to come to America. He's a he's a he's a a worldwide global treasure, and I need him to be kept safe at all times. One hundred percent. You know what? What sucks is he was the world was totally fine until you know he retired. I'm telling you, once he retired, all the world went to shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, look at, like, fucking Kobe died. Fucking, there's a pandemic. Fucking, I don't know, what else? What else do we want to blame on? Like, retiring. Um, but, yeah, no, good good on Molly Holly. Congratulations to her. Um, are you excited for People Power? I think it's good. So, a lot of people are worried. I'm worried, too. It's going to set, like, the women's division back. 
John Laurinaitis is back in power, reportedly by the Wrestling Observer, uh, mm-hmm. in talent relations. He's been brought back. Um, they they released uh, their last head of talent relations, and apparently there was a lot of problems with uh, with the last guy, especially towards the end, which is why they kind of released him. I think that he was also released because of the budget cuts as well. Uh, but yeah, Laurinaitis has been known to favor more the diva style of women's wrestling in WWE. Uh, and that's what a lot of people are afraid of. Should be Braun Panya matches again. No, I don't think we're going to go that far back, but I believe that you're going to see more people like Lacey Evans when she comes back from having a kid or um, Carmella or Mandy Rose. Uh, you're going to see a lot of blondes winning championships, I feel. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of people who aren't necessarily the greatest technicians, but more eye candy. And I, I mean, I'm okay. Like, honestly, like, I'm sure it's not going to be that right away. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that, you know, he will gear towards more what the, the fans are wanting from the product because Laura knows that we are far from got far gone from what they used to do. Um, but yeah, you might see more blondes as a champion than ever before. Um, May God have mercy on our souls. Um, more unification belt news. Yes. The the NX the sorry the NX the uh, Impact and TNA World Championships will be unified. Um, Moose is the TNA champion, the self-proclaimed TNA champion. Rich One is the Impact champion, and at um, at Sacrifice. Uh, they are going to unify those belts. The winner will get both belts, and they will be unified into the Impact Champion. And then the winner of that is oh, going to face Kenny Omega. Going to face Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship match in a title versus title match at Rebellion on April twenty fourth. What do you so think of this? That means the AEW title is going to be defended on a Impact pay per view. And the possibility of the Impact World Championship coming to AEW is a thing. Which, okay, so again, my problem with the storytelling is there's like three different fucking can- there's two there's two different Kennys. Okay, we're I'm gonna I was gonna say three, but we're excluding the being the elite Kenny. There are two Kennys. The one Kenny on AEW is the swarmy shitty heel, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't know how to rig in a fucking you know an exploding ring. The second one is the title collector mm-hmm. on Impact. And that one's more interesting than his AEW persona. It is. And I don't know why they... I don't know who's doing this. I don't know why they they separate these two when they're so interesting. Because I'd rather see both on on one show. Or the, yeah. that one on both shows. Uh, and it's a little disheartening. Because it's... I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe if this is more of like a Kenny-driven thing where it's just like, okay, well, not too many people are, are are looking at Impact so I can do what I want and they're letting him do what he wants and Khan is in charge of what he's doing on AEW or what. But I, I just feel like if we saw more of the collector on AEW, I would be more into that. Yeah, I would be more into that too. Just, just turn Kenny back instead of cleaning. You can't have the cleaner because that's that's New Japan, unfortunately. I, I Change it to the collector let's get something a little bit more similar let's get something new something a little something just as sinister because we're we're never gonna get cleaner bullet club kenny omega back unfortunately yeah well you see like even when uh so when kenny was on both uh (laughs) when kenny was on both uh roh and and new japan it was almost like he had two different personas too Mm -hmm. so it's not too i i think he tries to you know where he has the creative freedom, he's going to try to use his creative freedom where he can. Mm. But, mm. I don't it all, know. I think, if, yeah, it, it feels like it all depends on, like, where they feel that, like, there's going to be eyes on more because, like, you know, obviously he was, mm-hmm. he was, um, he was signed to New Japan, so New Japan wanted to control what he did more in Japan. Yeah. And I don't think they really thought that too many people were going to be watching ROH, especially their fans. So, like, what yeah. the fuck do we care what you do in ROH? Just go be you. Yeah. It, it all depends on what what the venture 
best the, the interest wants more. Uh, real quick, let's run down the title for Sacrifice for March 13th, which is this Sunday. Um, we got Wirt Swan versus Moose for the unification of the Impact and TNA World Championships. We have Deanna Perrazzo, the, the Knockouts Champion, versus ODB. We have the Good Brothers, who are the Impact World Tag Team Champions, versus Finjuice, which is going to be really interesting. Uh, we have TJP as the X Division Champion going against Ace Austin. And then we have Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles as the Knockouts Tag Team Champions versus Jordan Grace and Jazz. Oof, these good. actually all sound interesting. I can't well, except yeah. the TJP match. Fuck TJP. But all these sound pretty interesting. What do you have against TJP? He's, he's boring. Would, would you rather see Malik? I'd rather see Chronic. Oh. <laughs> I'd rather see Suicide. I'd rather see Suicide. Bring back Alex Shelley. Oh, Bring geez. back Elix Skipper. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just happy with all this whole cross-promotion shit between Impact and AEW, but I still want to see uh, Christopher Daniels versus Curry Man. Bring back Curry Man. For the love of God, we have the dope. We have the Forbidden Door. Bring back Curry Man. <laughs> yeah. Bring I'm not going to lie. For the, for the Battle Royal, I thought SCU was going to do it. I thought SCU was going to win. I didn't. I wouldn't mind seeing Kaz and Daniels with the AEW titles. So can I. I mean, that that's on the plate right there. The, the number one ranked tag, tag team in AEW right now. So I'm assuming. Yeah, how weird is it that the number one contenders don't really get the title shots more often than not? I know. It's a flawed yeah. system. Yeah, it's like you, you made the ranking system for a reason and you, you don't use it. What the fuck? Wrestling. Right. Um, real quick, I wanted to end with this before we, we finish. Uh, what have you thought about the music in WWE lately? Um, don't be kind. Um, don't lie. Don't lie. It, it, it has a lot to less to be desired. I'll translate that for you. It's ass. <laughs> but then again, you. But then again, you like ass, so I can see why you like this music. Um, you are what you eat. Explains a lot for you. Um, it, it's horrible. I think it adds nothing to the characters right now. Um, and I, I, I'm, I, I feel okay saying that it's shit because uh, one of the greatest composers of all time, Jim Johnston. Uh, is on is on board with me with that. Um, he was on a uh, a podcast. He was on, he was with he did an interview for Lucha Libre Online, mm -hmm. and they asked him about some of the current themes. And this is what he said. He said, "Well, I told you before this interview that I don't do trash talking, but the closest I'll get to being critical is that absolutely I want to slap Vince upside the head. The music is so bad these days. It's just sound effects and noises and stuff." It doesn't have anything to do with the characters and the storylines anymore. That's the essence of this business, and that's currently lost. I don't get it. I agree. And to be fair, like, he, I mean, not every single thing he did was a banger. Uh, obviously, he did music for The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, uh, The Undertaker, you know, basically every, like... He also produced WWE Originals, so... He did produce WWE originals. He did the music for uh, what the fuck was that dude's name? Um, the one in ECW, uh, who was the last ECW champion. Um, he looks like I met Johnson. Ezekiel Jackson. There you go. Yeah. He did the music for Ezekiel Jackson. He did the music for David Otunga. Yeah, those necessarily weren't the greatest. You know, you get towards later, you know, early 2010s, they weren't the greatest. But I like Ezekiel Jackson's theme song. <sighs> I think you just like Ezekiel Jackson in general. Um, and you know they he stopped doing music back in 2017 but like he wasn't doing as much between the years of 2012 and 2017 cfos did that but then cfos was dissolved and the people who uh were in charge of the publishing uh had kind of a, a scuffle with wwe over ownership and royalty rights which is why a lot of the cfos music is being phased out which I, 
which is why I believe the Undisputed Era is breaking up. I think it's because of the CFO's music rights more than people wanting, you know, Undisputed Era to be broken up now. Um, but like, uh, Death Rebel is shit. I'm sorry. I'm not a music composer. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't have a, I don't have skin in that game. But I'm sorry, Death Rebel is shit. They are horrible. Um, I mean the Jarga- Johnny Gargano theme is pretty garbage. The fucking Alistair Black theme, the new one he, that he was using before he left, is absolute garbage. I haven't even seen it on like Spotify. Is it even on Spotify? Nope. He only used it like once or twice, and then they like kept him home after they fired his wife. God. Because they thought he'd be pissed. I mean, I'd be pissed more that I'm not being used. I'd be pissed more that you took away my music. That's fair. I mean, Karen Cross's song is okay. I suppose. Yeah, it's all right. Um, it's just there's 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 nothing to add. They they add nothing to the like even for the Royal Rumble. Like that's what I liked about the Royal Rumble is like you can hear everybody's theme and you get that pop because everybody recognizes the theme. Yeah. And now and now because of money saving costs. Oh man, yeah. Everything I like, I'm looking at all the songs that they've done. All of them are garbage. Money ruins everything, kids. Don't be greedy like Vince. All right, that's how you get wrinkles like Vince. <laughs> yeah, all of them are super, super garbage. How the how the hell does Def Rebel take credit for Sympathy Number Nine and E Minor? Because they didn't write the composition, but they 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 re-recorded it. Can't see my visible disappointed face. And it's not even the full. It's not even the full piece. The full piece is like what, fifteen minutes long, thirteen minutes long. It is. Yeah. You said this. This is motherfucker saying it. He's like, oh look at it, at least I'm listening to the whole theme. And I'm like, bitch, that's only like a quarter of it. Here, listen to the whole <laughs> thing. You know, oh, you uncultured swine. Yeah, I'm not. The Kabuki Warriors theme song is okay. Yeah, that ended up being not too, not too bad. Uh, but yeah, everything else is garbage. Yeah. Anything else you got? I got nothing else. Where can they find you, good sir? I am at pending two fifty seven on the Twitter and Team DW podcast on Twitter and Facebook as well. I can't remember that. I can't believe that I remember that. But whatever. What about you? Uh, you could find me at TNDW podcast on Twitter as well as Facebook as well as E L D O N B R U J O. That's El Don Brujo on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And Snapchat. OnlyFans. If you subscribe to the OnlyFans by March 14th, you get a free dick rating. I, I charge for those. So he says. <laughs> <laughs> just Would like, you? Just like. Just, uh, no, go on. Go uh, just like. Uh, man, just like access to my OnlyFans. Would you say that was a show? That's a fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs>